Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. He's the uh, CEO of CoinPayments.net. Uh, Alex, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for calling me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. So, uh, tell me about Coin Payments. What do you guys do? Right. So, uh, we're a payment processor for um, 75 different cryptocurrencies. Uh, essentially, we're a transfer agent. So, once you have cryptocurrencies or you want to participate in the cryptocurrency market by whether selling goods or services or just to use as a wallet service in which you can exchange coins. We provide all the tools necessary for that. The whole idea of our business is to simplify the entry into the market for people who are basically not as tech savvy as people who are able to set up their own cold storage wallets or run their own, uh, uh, code their own API and things like that for their own websites to accept those payments. So we basically take all that hassle away from them by providing all the easy pre-made plugins and uh, one email address and password to FA, and then you have access to 75 wallets if you're a speculator. So our service is... Uh, grown over the years as a result because we're tailoring to, you know, basically simplicity, security, and uh, our market share is growing as a result because a lot of people entering the space right now really don't know what they're doing. Um, so we're kind right. of uh, helping them and walking them, kind of holding their hand and doing basically everything for them. Yes. You offer multi-coin wallets and mm-hmm. do you, are you a fiat gateway or, you know, just tell me a little bit more about no. your offer. Yeah, for sure. So we, from early days on and now, even today, currently, we decided not to touch fiat. Uh, reasons for that is uh, when you start doing onlo- onloading and off-ro- offloading of uh, fiat currencies into crypto, uh, you start getting bogged down with regulation in each jurisdiction that you're operating in. And uh, so it slows down your growth internationally. And we wanted to operate with just crypto. That allows us to be in 192 countries where we are right now. We have half a million users spending across the whole globe, right? And if we were to uh, go the different route, we would have to have compliance offices, KYC offices, uh, you know, uh, just collect information from our users that most of our users are reluctant to give. Uh, generally, because, you know, cryptocurrency in general is uh, semi-anonymous to a certain extent. Um, not to say that our service is anonymous in any way. I mean, we are tracking IP addresses and login information, and they still have to give us their email address and such. Uh, but um, it does kind of tailor that in-between crowd. And that's that's our sweet spot, and that allows us to, uh, you know, give them semi-anonymous interaction with cryptocurrency, which is kind of what our model is. And because we're not touching fiat, we're able to provide that. So it's pretty low friction. You know, you can uh, set up a store within minutes um, using like WooCommerce or something, and then just grab one of our plugins, create email and password, and start accepting cryptocurrency. And as long as you're not violating our terms of service, we will let you do that as long as you want. 
Wait, okay, so you, you so if I want to accept uh you know, for instance I'm putting on a conference in February and I want to accept payments in crypto. So you have a, a plug in where I can put it on my website and I can accept crypto payments? Absolutely, yeah. So we have all the leading uh oh. all the leading systems out there right now, uh, plugins pre ready made on our uh, merchants tools page. Nice. So if you don't find it on there, you can send us an email, we'll make it. Usually that's how we basically build our whole arsenal. As people find the ones we have, they notice that they have something unique that we don't service and we'll quickly, promptly write the plugin for that system as well, as long as the uh, system that we're writing it for is open source and wants to cooperate with us. So how does it work with a, um, if I want to accept crypto payments? You know, I have, um, you know, for credit card online, people mm -hmm. enter in their stuff and they'll click submit and they'll verify that the transaction's real and then, you know, say right. you're registered or something like that. How does it work with crypto? What are the steps involved? Sure. So uh, starting step one, you get an account with us. Step two, you get the plug-in. Then you, from the customer side, uh, from the vendor side, you configure whether you want to accept all 75 coins or the coins that are preferred by you. And then also, you can also set the auto conversions. So say, for example, if you're receiving payments in Doge, and maybe for some reason right now you don't necessarily want to hold Doge, you can convert it to Ethereum Classic or Ethereum. And you can do it per coin specific. So it's pretty intense uh, what you can do. A lot of people compare us to Shapeshift and ask us why we're we competing with them, which is kind of funny um, on some levels because we actually cooperate together on our back end for the exchange. And what they do, they have a plugin that allows you to take altcoins and uh, convert it to a specific coin that you want to receive. But you can only do it to one coin. So say, for example, you accept all the coins that uh, Shapeshift has, it will down convert to ultimately Bitcoin or one that you specifically set out. In our system, you can set out per coin, so you can say Litecoin and Doge gets converted to Ethereum Classic or Ethereum, and then Bitcoin's going to stay as Bitcoin and every and Dash and uh, Dash and uh, you know some other coin that you you know you want to accept like MateSafe or something will stay as, as those coins when they come in. So it gives you a lot more flexibility on the back end, and then also through our partnerships. Um, so I can set it to accept 75 different tokens, mm -hmm. and then on the back end, can I have you convert it all to BTC for me or keep? Half a right. DTC, half an Ether or something, if I want. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. The flexibility is all up to you. Like you, We have like endless amount of options per coin. So it's coin-specific. So each coin has its own configuration option in the panel. So you can say for Litecoin, keep it as is. For Ethereum, convert it to Bitcoin. For, you know, for, for Doge, convert it to uh, Dashcoin, right? So you can basically play around with that however you want. And then on top of that, in our system, you can set out to say every day at night, and we have it called nightly settlement, you want to have all your coins convert to Bitcoin. Or, or every night you want just Bitcoin to be sent to your Coinbase account and convert it to cash to your bank account. So, and then if you're in Europe, we work with CoinMotion, an exchange in Finland. So you can uh, set out there to convert your, your stuff to euros and send to your bank. So we have quite a few options that are just basically not available anywhere else. That's pretty awesome. Hmm. Very, yeah. very cool. But again, um, mechanistically, what happens? Like someone, you know, someone fills out a form and they click, uh, you know, pay in Ethereum or pay in BTC. Right. Okay. Like what happens next? How does the for sure? How do you so, verify uh, so the transaction for the person fast enough that they can tell them no, you're successful? Sure. I understand. At first, I want to explain the vendor side. So now we kind of pass that. The 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 buyer side. What they see when they get to your page is they see that you accept. Uh, payments with coin payments, right? So they, they, they click checkout, say they're buying something from you, like a hat or something on your website, some merchandise, and it's to say it's worth 20 bucks. Uh, it's priced in US dollar for simplicity of this example. So when they press uh, 
checkout, pay, and then it gives them option Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, you know, whatever we pay, whatever you want to accept. And then um, coin payments is another option. And then users now know, okay, coin payments let me pay with crypto. So they choose, select that option. Then what happens next is the next screen comes up, which is our, our checkout page loads in. And on there, they have an option of all the coins. So it'll show a Bitcoin and it'll quote all the prices uh, at $20, but an equivalent amount of, of the current right of exchange to all the coins that you as a vendor set out on your back end to accept. And the users will see that. Let's say, for example, they see Ethereum on there uh, and they, for example, want to pay with Ethereum as one of the options. They'll click on it and it will give them a quote and like zero point whatever Ethereum they will be at that exchange rate. The next screen will ask them to put in their email address in case something goes wrong with the transaction so they can get a refund link, right? So sometimes there's problems with the network. Uh, sometimes the confirmation takes a little longer than they should and a 20 minute time runs out. So then they just get an automatic email to claim their refund and they get back the coins, right? So pretty, pretty automated system makes it really simple for users to navigate. But let's say there's no refund situation here, so it just goes right through. They get a QR code on their screen, uh, which they scan with their phone. If they're using a, a desktop uh, wallet, then they copy the address that shows up right under the QR code with a timer, and they right. basically send their amount of coin that's quoted on the screen. What happens sometimes, though, is uh, users will send the coins that are quoted on the screen, but they'll forget to include a fee or pay like slightly less than what shows on the screen because of how their other wallet is configured. So it could be like off by you know some fraction of a Satoshi, right? And uh, our system will then ask them for refund because uh, every system in Bitcoin space requires you to send exact payments, right? So you have to send exact amount. And so that's how we kind of filter out the fraud transactions or mis- mis- uh, mistakes on the user's end. Why can't you have the merchant set a window because the price can fluctuate so quickly? Yeah. Why not do that? So, the merchant could say, all right, I'll take anywhere between, you know, uh, X and Y. Yeah, and we do do that. So that was this next point. So we, um, so that's per merchant specific. So if you're a merchant that's, I would say, low margin merchant, where you sell your goods and you, the hat you're selling for 20 bucks, you're buying it for $18 and you're only making $2, you're not going to want to see fluctuations from more than like, you know, 3 to 4% uh, in right. what users are sending, right? And you also don't want to advertise it to your users because then they'll always be sending less. So this is where kind of a, it's basically like a business owner's logic comes in and they can set it out to any amount they want. I mean, they can literally make it, they can give it away for free if they wanted to. That And our back end, they can set the percentages. You're talking about refunds. I mean, in the crypto world, mm-hmm. you know, there's like, there's no crying at baseball. There's no refunds. Usually um, yeah. if you're handling people's money and someone wants to refund later, I mean, what if the merchant doesn't want to do it? Like, you know, do you hold a portion of right. the money or what do you do? Right. So there's the thing. So, the refunds that we handle are the refunds that are, have not gone through to the merchant. So if something oh, happened okay. with transaction upon delivery to the vendor and something happened during that process, we will refund and, and uh, give it back to the user to try again, essentially. And the moment a transaction is completed, that money is actually with the vendor. And unless the vendor is actually using coin payments as a wallet service, which in some cases has happened, uh, where somebody where we had an issue back in the day where somebody was selling fake mining equipment and uh, they were pretending that it was going to be like the new amazing mining machine. And they actually happened to use our wallet uh, to receive the funds as well. And a couple of people reported that mining equipment wasn't coming. So in that case, we can go in there, we can freeze their account and give everybody a refund of their money, which we've done. Uh, there are cases, however, when people do pass-through service, which allows them to uh, use it as a checkout, 
but then they put their Bitcoin address or their final destination address where the coins go to right away at, upon successful completion of the checkout process. In those cases, we don't really, we can't do much other than ban them from our system and uh, users can give them a really bad review because our system allows scoring of vendors. So that at least others are warned that this is a you know, bad player um, and we do our best to eliminate them and ban them by IP ranges and a bunch of other things that we've implemented to make sure that they don't come back and use our system again so that they can't do it to others. What about uh, transaction confirmation times, you know, Bitcoin mm -hmm. and minutes, uh, Ethereum a while? Right. How do you so, make sure that these transactions go through quick? Yeah, so th that's kind of an issue with coins, with Bitcoin right now in general, because Bitcoin, I'm sure you've been following up with what's going on, it's transaction speed. It's uh, pretty, transaction confirmation, unless you include a really hefty fee, are going to be pretty slow to be and not always included in the next block. So most users are struggling with that right now. But what's good, at least, is to see that, you know, the as SegWit uh, fork that happened in, in August is getting more implemented with services. That's going to become less of a problem. Right now, not a lot of users and service providers are actually using SegWit addresses. But um, um, with other coins, it's not really an issue right now. So like with the uh, Ethereum, with um, with Dash or Monero or anything like that, a Litecoin even, the fees are quite low. So this issue, um, what you're describing, does happen to Bitcoin here and there, and that's one of the reasons why some transactions require refunds. So what will happen sometimes if uh, somebody sends a transaction to our address that we provided for the checkout and they didn't include enough fee, it will just get stuck. But the moment it gets confirmed, at that point, you know, you as a vendor, you already don't want that sale because maybe the price dropped, right? Because, so, you know, that could take days sometimes. Uh, in the current state, if you do not pay, like, you know, $7 fee at least, you know, for sending Bitcoin, uh, you know, your chances are being included in the next block are slim to none. You're going to have to wait and wait and wait. And not every vendor is going to want to wait for that. And we time them out after X amount of time. And then as soon as it gets confirmed, just give it back to the users to do it again. And in an email, we mention to them that they have to include the correct amount of fee with that transaction. And that's just the learning curve in general with cryptocurrency. What we okay. do on our end, if you use our wallet, so if you're a customer and you actually are a wallet user as well, and you pay into one of our vendors, the confirmations are instant and, uh, and the fee is reduced because what we do in coin payments is we group the transactions to save, uh, save the fee for our users. So for example, if you're sending you know, $10 right now on a Bitcoin, it's going to cost you, you know, pretty much the same amount of money in fees, which is you know, kind of ridiculous for such a small transaction to pay the same in fees as you're sending. Uh, our system will reduce that cost by grouping the transactions and will include the highest fee and charge users an average fee. So that way, um, you know, transactions that get propagated every uh, every two minutes, I believe right now, it's 120 seconds, they will be uh, grouped together. Um, and also okay. that guarantees that it's gonna get confirmed and speed things up. Another thing we do is we work with BitGo, uh, which is a Bitcoin wallet solution and some altcoins as well. These guys are awesome. Yeah. They provide zero confirmation uh, system. So essentially, if you're using their wallet to send us money, you don't have to wait for confirmation. We're at credited instantly. Um, and on the other end, we were using GAP600. Uh, we're still using them here and there for some incoming transactions that are not coming from BitGo to basically approve those transactions in instantly as well for us. They have a pretty sophisticated platform that allows them to verify the source of funds on the blockchain and they act as an insurer. So if the transaction balances after the vendor accepted it, they cover it. And, you know, they have their feed that we're paying them on our back end, but it doesn't go to users. So we can take care of it on their behalf from our profits and things like that. So we're constantly trying to improve that with whatever technology comes out so that users suffer less and less with refunds and transactions erroring out 
because of their negligence with putting in the wrong fee amount or with uh, network delaying their transaction for whatever reason with the miners difficulty dropping and things like that. Hmm, interesting. And how do you yeah. support so many tokens? I mean, I would right. say that most of your volume would come from Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Like, why support so many? It seems like it would just be a burden for you, you know? Oh, it's, it is. It is uh, It is insane what we do, <laughs> no doubt. But the reason why we decided to do it is uh, when CoinVimage got started uh, in 2013, it, it was, we got started because there was nobody really processing anything other than Bitcoin. And at that point, Litecoin was making, you know, big splash and GPU miners were all over it because ASICs was just coming out for Bitcoin. So the GPU mining game was ending for Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, there's like TerraCoin, PeerCoin. There's a very few coins at that time, but they had value and people were trading them and, and they were asking to transact in them. And so CoinBamus was born. And after that, our logic was, well, where do we really stop now, right? I mean, these coins are going to keep coming out and they all deserve a chance. So what we've done so that we don't decide to add whichever coin we want, we have a coin vote that runs every month and users submit coins that they want to see on our platform and they want to transact in. And then they vote. And then they vote. I think it's a dollar per vote. And then we donate the proceedings to charity. We don't keep that for fairness. Um, And then basically... We support EFF, Electronic Frontier Foundation. We donate that money to them because they fight for digital freedoms on the internet, and I think it's a good cause. Um, so we're, we basically let users decide. And what we do with the winners, uh, usually the top two or top three, depending on how much space on our servers have that month, we will add them for about 90 days. And if they don't perform, we remove them. So in a, we kind of give them that you know 90-day window to show what they're essentially, can they pay for their service fees? Uh, because you know servers don't grow on trees, right? <laughs> There's a lot of support needed. I mean, for Bitcoin, you want to specify transaction fee. And then for Ethereum, you want to specify gas to make sure it goes through. Mm-hmm. And That's right. I would think some coins would be more of a pain to support than others and may or may not justify sure. it with uh, volume. Yeah, for sure. Like a uh, good example would be uh, tokens on Omnilayer. Um, thank God they're not that popular. But the most popular one is probably MateSafe that runs off of there which is an attempt to decentralize the internet. And it's a pretty good project. We're actually long-term supporters of these guys. But uh, aside from that, the fact that they decided to use the token on MateSafe network it took a huge burden on us because in order to send MateSafe, you have to pay transaction fee in Bitcoin. So right. what we've been doing is uh, to make it easier for our users because we try to explain it to users, but you just get slammed with support tickets and it's just human hours are not worth it. So we, we, what we have been doing for the last few years is uh, using some of our profits to allocate a little pool on the side to cover the transaction fees for people sending mate saves so that it simplifies their life. But it's definitely been costing us in Bitcoin. I mean, you're open, you're, you're a fluctuation price exposure, volatility exposure in Bitcoin if you do that. And you'd mm-hmm. have to just add on to the made safe transaction and make a, a minimum transaction amount in order for That's it to right. be worthwhile, you know. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there, actually, there are some... with, with Bitcoin fees being so high, mm-hmm. I mean, what if, the big, what if the fee is like $4 and the made safe transaction has to be, I mean, that could be a huge amount of made safe, you know. Oh yeah, no. It's, uh, there's been there's been months where it costs us and onwards of like ten to fifteen bitcoins. Mind that that was a bit when Bitcoin was like two or three grand, but it still adds up, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's still yeah. a lot of money. Oh, that you, but the good news is that, like I said, we're long-term supporters of the coin. And we're doing that for our own altruistic reason, driven more so than uh, maybe profit-driven in this case, particularly because we're really, uh, like I said, supporters of the project. And we did make right. a lot of. Uh, to be fair, we did make a lot of money on a transaction when people were paying with it because we do take half a percent. So some of it did zero out. So I think at the end of the day, when we're looking at our 
our cost with native when it was really popular in the spring and the winter last year um it kind of dropped off right now with the usability um as a token but at that time before the ICOs start really going crazy with ethereum tokens people were using it a bit and so we were kind of at a zero-sum game we were not really gaining anything on that coin but we were spending more yeah. about the same amount on fees that we're collecting so we were and now now it's not happening anymore so now we're actually making money so there are periods of course in time when you're running this many coins like you pointed out you're going to have problems that are kind of weird um but our, our you know, dedication to community of these coins that we're supporting, especially if we're seeing that there's real use for it and people are actually using it and, and transacting in it, we kind of almost take it upon us to give them opportunity to exist on our platform. It, yeah. That said, there are coins you know, that are added to our system that people you know, don't use at all. Like, but you see them going up like hundreds, sometimes thousands of percent on exchanges. So there's nothing but speculation going on. And it's kind of funny because we really get to see that stuff. So I'm not going to name coins just to not insult any communities, but there's been, there's been a few coins where they uh, they they win the vote. They, we added we add them to our system. Sometimes they even approach us directly and pay our fee, which is seven thousand dollars, to get listed uh, outside of the queue. And we still give them the same same uh, treatment. We give them 90 days uh, trial, and after that, if they want to stay on our system, then they pay a hosting fee, is what we call it. They keep paying right, us gotcha. uh, renewal. So it's another kind of profit-driven thing that we do on the side for coins that are kind of useless, <laughs> but like a better word, because nobody uses them, but they're just so determined to grow the community, they're investing their time and money and hours of their life, and they're hoping they will take off and they're willing to pay for it. And then why, you know, who am I to stop them, right? So we'll, we'll just kind of go along with it. But, um, it makes sense. you know, yeah, but with Mates, if there was use, and, you know, even though we're making money, that's why we we said, you know, we'll keep it. It was kind of, you know, keeping it at zero is not that bad considering people were actually requiring it. So what's uh what's ahead? What what new features and products? Sounds like sounds great what you guys have so far, but you know, what's new? What's coming over the next got some, year in your roadmap? For sure. So we got some really cool stuff in the pipeline right now. So we're doing the version three. So currently when you're on CoinBamit side, you're looking at version two of CoinBamit. So we backhand at least and in, in the front end redone from the original side. If you go to Internet Wayback Machine and you want to have a good laugh, um, you can look at coin payments as it progressed starting from 2013 onward. We've had some pretty funny iterations of our website uh, until we got to where we are now. We're a small team, uh, primarily self-funded. We had a little crowdfund done with Bank to the Future uh, in 2015 that helped us a lot because we kept it in Bitcoin. So that really allowed us to, uh, you know, uh, fund the project because of the uh, success of Bitcoin. You know, basically we had like right. an unlimited pool of money because every time we spend it, it appreciated so much we had the same amount again. So that kind of helped us throughout that year. And yeah. now we're now we're making profits. We're happy. You know, we're a cash positive company. So this is uh, it's definitely changed a lot with the last within the last year because of the altcoins really starting to become mainstream in some ways and people are really using it more and more. Um, right. But yeah. So that, that said, the uh, the system has changed drastically over the last years, and what's happening now. We're doing version three of coin payments. So that's going to, we're hoping we're going to do an audit on it. We're writing it side by side because it's an entire, uh, entire infrastructure change of architecture. So it's going to be a migration system. So we're going to migrate the system to the new, new coin payments, essentially. It will be seamless for users. They're not going to notice anything. We're just, you know, one day, we're just going to be a much better platform, much smoother, much easier mm-hmm. to operate. Um, and part of the really cool additions to that is going to be portfolio management. So you'll be able to um, see how much each coin that you hold in your wallet has appreciated in the last uh, day, seven days, 
30 days to graph nice. added to it. So you have, uh, you're also going to have a pie chart for a vendor to see which coins are growing over time and market share that you're receiving um, as a payment. Do some people just use you as a, as a multi-coin wallet? Because 75 yeah. is more than most wallets I've ever heard of. You know, I That's see right. ERC-20 wallets, but, you know, know yeah. it's not as exciting. We have that too. Cross-platform ones. No, we have everything. And uh, the 75 coin, coins that we support do not include the token. So we also have all the ERC-20 tokens, and we have all the Ripple derivatives that are coming out, like all, you know, like USD-based and Canada, US, Canadian dollar-based. And then we all the Omni-Layer coins. Uh, so the, the tokenized coin, tokenized coins are not included in that list because those aren't generally used for payments. It's really rare that I see merchants actually accepting them. But we're seeing you people using them to store their coins that have gotten as a speculation or whatever. So they don't have to look for it in you know hundreds of different wallets on their computer. Uh, look, scout through the email. They kind of prefer just drop it in our wallet and keep it all in one under one roof essentially. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I would think you'd have a product, just a multi-coin wallet that you'd offer to people. Because again, it's so rare that um, mm-hmm. so many tokens are supported. And essentially, you could have a wallet where you offer them a feature of, you know, quote-unquote shape-shifting them whenever they want yep. within their wallet. Exactly. And it is shape-shift. We're actually using them in the back end. So um, we okay. have a deal with them from, I think, from the beginning. And uh, we also use Changely for the coins that shape-shift does not support. So there's... Uh, right. That's another company with a similar business model. So we work with both on the back end, and we're looking to expand that in the future. So that's another thing that, as part of the uh, version three coin payments that we're working on, and we're hoping we'll uh, unveil in January, we're going to have all these features. We're going to start the laying the foundation for our own internal exchange, replacing eventually Shapeshift and uh, Changely for our back end because. Um, the problem the problem we're having is not that their service is inconvenient, it's that they don't support as many coins as we do or add them and remove them as fast as we would like to. So right, what, right, right. Our, vision, our vision is to see all of our 75 coins that we constantly rotate the bottom 10 performers, non-performers. We also allow exchanges for between the other cross-platform coins as we add them or remove them. So we won't have full control of that. And unfortunately, I don't think we'll be able to achieve that um, you know, by forcing our partners to add and remove coins that we're supporting because it's not really fair to them. So that's something we're developing right now in the back end. And the coolest thing, in my opinion, is we're adding one-click mining. Um, One of the reasons why we're doing that, uh, I run into a lot of people that always want to mine cryptocurrencies, not necessarily Bitcoin. I mean, that's pretty difficult to do with any conventional computer right right now, right? But, you know, Monero, uh, Zcash, uh, Ethereum, you can GPU mine great. You can make great returns if you have a decent graphics card, right? Especially with the uh, spikes that it has lately. You know, if you're buying, if you're mining and selling it, you're still going to make money. But if you are, you know, mining to speculate, you're definitely going to make money, right? So, I mean, I mean, given the market being as favorable as it is right now, of course, it's right, a crystal right, ball. Right. But generally speaking, in past history, anybody who mined it held it better than somebody who did. We've just completed building the uh, CPU mining protocol. So what that will do is will allow you to go to coin payments. Um, and we'll do to mining what Shapeshift does right now to... Um, altcoin exchange so you'll go to our page you will need to have an account with us um you could if you want to but you don't have to you just click mine on coins that say to view mineable and you click on it and uh, you pick which one is most favorable right now to you to mine or you can click out of pick the one that's uh, lowest difficulty or the lowest price and uh it will just start mining in your browser your CPU. What, why why do that why not do you know it'd be a really cool thing is why not one click staking you know, you guys could on the back end pool it and stake and then give staking rewards to different people, you know? 
for sure. We've thought about that. Um, that was actually extensively discussed. And the reason why we decided not to do it is the issue with some coin staking, the fact that it's all based on the same server kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, so if you're going to have a bunch, of, a bunch of nodes that are staked on the same server, you know, it's not really decentralized. And then uh, not every coin is going to benefit you more by staking more on the same node. And then also all the users being aggregated into the same node that is staking right now is uh, when they want to unstake their coins because users are quite chaotic and erotic. <laughs> They'd have to agree to lock them up for a period of time in order to get staked yeah. rewards, for instance. But yeah. And see, the thing is, we introduced a vault feature uh, in our system that allows people to lock their coins for just, you know, 24 hours, 56 oh. hours, essentially protecting you from the, from hacks. And you would not believe right. how much support it uh, opened up with us because people oh, would really? click it and then freak out immediately on us and they throw scam accusations. It's just absolutely ridiculous stuff would happen. So we decided not yeah. to do it because our user base is just, we don't think is ready for that. They don't understand if we lock their coins for 30 days, that they're locked for 30 days. Um, and they just wouldn't stop pestering you about it. You know, so we just don't want to deal with that. And it's not even a financial decision. It's just a support hours decision. It was just not worth it. But with, uh, with the mining, it's pretty easy because, you know, they just give us a forward address or they give us their pay by name, which is something we've created in our system that allows you to register an, a dollar sign and your name, like username that you pick. And that works as an address, receiving address for all 75 coins that we support, which you can put on Twitter or social media, anywhere, and people can send you money without even asking for your address and send any currency to it, and it will go to your appropriate wallet on our system. So wow. when you start mining, when you start mining, you can use your pay-by-name, is what we call it, and the mining proceedings will go straight to your wallet, so you don't have to even log into coin payments. You can go to your work while you're working on telephones or you know, some, like, um, some uh, customer support uh, area. Like you, you can uh, log into your computer, open up coin payments, click mine, and if every computer has a CPU. So now while you're at work, you're also making you know some cryptocurrency into your wallet. Um, or if you have other computers, you can just leave them running all the time. And if somebody Very cool. came to that computer, yeah. And then we're also adding GPU mining as a second stage. We've already written a protocol for that so that we can add you know, more resources to the mining. Yeah, so that will allow us to do something really, really cool because then having our own mining pool, will prior, we can prioritize some of our transactions. So that we can minimize the fees that our users are paying to send those coins if our own users are mining it. So well, I was going to say if you don't if you don't want to have you guys use the browser to mine, then I'm sure some uh, you know mining virus software will do it for you. Joking. But, you know. <laughs> that's possible. Yeah, that's one of the things I guess you can't really factor in, but it might might definitely happen. And we can, we can when it happens. You know, it's like uh, there's yet another reason to do it with you guys because someone's going to try to. Take your browser yeah. and mine with it. Might as well be you and uh, get money. Right, for right. It, so. Yeah, and, the, and another thing cool, you'll be able to monetize the mining. You'll be able to use our API and put it on your web page, and you can uh, make money by people coming into your website and the GPU mines their computer, of course, with the yeah. consent of users. Um, right. And if you and if you wanted to um, do it just for yourself, then you can do it for yourself, and then you can also monetize your web page beyond just at regular ads. Uh, which right now you so a few cool things coming up in the pipeline here. Yeah, you guys are really innovative. That's awesome. I'm glad we we had this talk and stuff. You know, so what's uh give me some resources. Where can people go to uh you know find out about your wallet, your merchant solutions, your your mining yeah, stuff? So, I mean, where do they go? For sure. Yeah. So the easiest thing is to go to coinpayments.net or .com. Uh, we pretty much own all the domains for coin payments, I believe. So anything to do with coin payments happening in Google or DuckDuckGo, whatever you use, uh, go to our page, create an account. It takes two seconds, um, you know, and then you just uh, dive in. You, you you can start immediately. If you don't have any coins, you can click our faucets. We have faucets for a lot of major coins. So you can faucet some free coins at your account. 
to get you started. Um, which is really funny because a lot of people, you know, were making fun of us for doing the faucet. But in the last few years since we had faucet, some of the users that fauceted their accounts two years ago, you know, by this point, because of the growth of crypto, have like 3,000 bucks in their account because they fauceted Bitcoin wow. at like such a low rate. They fauceted, you know, Ethereum when it was like 10 bucks, right? And now it's like 500. Cool. So, yeah, so there's definitely, I'm not saying it's going to make you money, but it will get you going and it'll get you understanding how the system works and you get to play around with free crypto, right? Just to kind of get your training wheels on. Um, so that's kind of what it's for. We also have testnet Litecoin. Uh, so if you want to use our system, you want to test it out early before you implement it to your webpage, we can give you through a support system as many testnet Litecoins as you want. And you can use them to send through the system to test out all the, you know, shopping cart plugins to make sure that it all works to your satisfaction. And it will work just like normal crypto payment, except it's worthless. It's just a testnet coin, right? Right. Yeah. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, you got some great stuff oh, going. Oh, yeah, my and, pleasure. Uh, yeah, glad to talk to you. Thank you. My pleasure. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.